Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Oh, hey, chickens. We are still making our way through Matt's... Hello. <laughs> Matt's missive. <laughs> um, and we're up to closing time, uh, which is the return of James Corden. Um, uh, how does Matt feel about it? Because he didn't love the last one. Um, Matt says, you already know I'm wincing at the fact that we've got James Corden back again, as I was less than enamoured the first time. Light-hearted, frothy fun, which is never a bad thing, if slightly veering too far towards the comical at times. Once again, the new series fails to really do the Cybermen correctly, and the idea they can effectively be defeated by love just cheapens them yet again. The biggest mystery, however, coupled with the biggest suspension of disbelief and the biggest achievement for CGI, is the suggestion the Cybermen ever thought they could fit James Corden into one of their Cybermen suits. Oh, that is terrible fat-shaming, Matthew. Um, What a shame they didn't just rip his brains out to put them in a Cyberman ahead to prevent any amount of love putting him back together again. Yes, I could do fat jokes. I've not seen my toes since the 1980s, says Matthew. <laughs> I totally feel you. Um, <laughs> it is quite a suspension of disbelief. You have left out my favourite part of Closing Time, however, Matt, which is the divine Linda Barron uh, returning to Doctor Who after... How many decades? Um, Linda Barron uh, is in the Peter Davison story, Enlightenment. Um, uh, She's a space pirate captain and some sort of eternal being. Um, And uh, she is, she like, like she's one of the, she works in the shop. Uh, (laughs) Is she at the makeup counter? I can't remember. I do remember enjoying closing time. Um, despite the cordonness of it. I think it was when James Corden was not quite as insufferable as he became. Uh, and I don't know that he personally is, is insufferable. I think there's just... Sometimes you get too much of someone. You're like, yeah, I've seen enough of you. You can pop away now. Um, it was said about me during uh, the filming of a television show a couple of years ago. I was like, yeah, we've had enough of Adam. <laughs> so I was booked for like nine episodes of some TV show and then I only did eight. Uh, I got paid for nine. 
Yeah. I once got paid to do a host a royal wedding that I didn't turn up to. Um, not that I didn't turn up. I was told not to turn up because uh, there was. Anyway, it's a long story. You don't want to hear it. Um, but, but yeah, I got paid to make a TV show I didn't have to make <laughs> about the royal wedding of all things. Um, I'm not going to name networks or other people because that would be indiscreet. Uh, But everyone did a royal wedding show, so it could have been anyone. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) Uh, we are up to the uh, season finale of season six, uh, which is The Wedding of River Song. Um, Before we go to The Wedding of River Song, I do want to agree with Matt about the Cybermen. They never really... I mean, the Cybermen in the past have their plans are always really terrible when you like look at them deep down. You're like, this doesn't actually make any sense. This is a terrible, terrible plan. But they're kind of menacing and terrifying, and the you know the conformity is quite spooky. And I kind of liked the first part of the um, Cybermen story with David Tennant and Billy Piper because there was that implication of, oh, we're all going to be turned into Cybermen. You know, everyone should behave the same. Um, but the payoff was a little bit meh. Uh, and again, it was, oh, my emotions are killing me. Uh, <laughs> or as Brittany says, my loneliness is killing me. Uh, and yeah, and then they came back for the Doomsday two-parter and they were just kind of cannon fodder really for the Daleks. <laughs> they didn't really have much going on. Um, which apparently like the Cybermen was supposed to be in a story in the 70s with uh, the one that we did. We did like all 12 episodes of... Uh, Frontier in Space and then the Planet of the Daleks. But that was meant to somehow be a Cybermen and Dalek war. Um, And was it Terry Nation who said no? Uh, But yeah, then finally, (laughs) Russell T. Davis got around to doing it. Um, But yeah, I feel like we haven't had the iconic spooky Cyberman story, which I would love. There's a great... um, Big Finnish one. And I think it was from their, their very early days uh, called Sword of Orion, which is just kind of like one Cyberman on a spaceship and it's like spooky and atmospheric. And I'm like, yeah, just give me one spooky Cyberman. Um, you know, just one is, is kind of fine. Uh, like that one in the... I guess, uh, you know, the Village Diodati uh, episode from Jodie Whittaker's era is probably the most effective spooky Cyberman story we've had uh, with Ashad kind of just popping in and out and being awful. Um, anyway, The Wedding of River Song uh, in Matt's missive. Matt says, there's just so many ideas crammed into one space here and a season finale. It kind of just doesn't work. The story started at the beginning of the season is wrapped up, uh, albeit not neatly, with the use of MacGuffins and conveniences. It really does feel like they wrote the whole season and then got to this point and realised they had to somehow tie it all together again, but had no idea why. It's a bit of a patchwork of this will look cool without coming up with a coherent story, to be honest. And once again, the inverted commas mystery of the Doctor is hammered home, again with the Doctor realising he's become too noisy and needing to disappear into the background again. Something he could have done at the end of last series had Moffat just stuck with it. (laughs) 
That is weird, isn't it? Because at the end of the last series, they had rebooted the entire universe uh, and the Doctor could have been disappeared. But then, obviously, Stephen Moffat's gone, oh, no, I want the Doctor to be gigantic and, you know, a giant threat. And so, I'm going back to unpick that particular thing that I – or restitch that thing that I unpicked. It's, it's, it's an odd kind of thing. And then, you know, the making of – River as a psychopath bent on destroying the Doctor and the spacesuit shooting the Doctor. And like, it's, it is a lot to tie up. I, I really don't remember much of it, but I remember being like, well, does it all have, – have they tied it all up? I don't know. I'm confused. Um, the next one is the Christmas special from that year, The Doctor, The Widow and The Wardrobe, which I don't remember really enjoying that much, uh, despite it being beautifully cast. Um, uh, Matt says, geez, Amy and Rory really don't like Christmas specials, do they? They're only in it at the very end. As I've said before, Christmas specials really do get me in the feels, and this is no exception. Don't know why, but it's the point at the end where Amy says, because we always do, that sets me off every single time. Claire Skinner is far and away the best thing in it, though, creating a Madge Arwell who is both the real hero of the story, cleaning up and resolving the mess created by the Doctor, as well as being everyone's (laughs) mum. 2023 means it's been 12 years since this episode aired and it's a crime we've not been back to visit Madge since. I imagine she joined Torchwood or something. But overall, this is magical, fantastical fun and above all, colourful, something the series has lacked for a while now. Uh, Matt uh, says his his season six sum up. Mixed bag, really. Looking back over my notes, I think I've been a lot more critical than I thought. One of the issues for me, and it'll be an ongoing complaint over the next few series, is the very different visual the series has. It's dark, bleak, drained, and almost monotone. It's like after every Harry Potter film where they talk about the next one being even more dark and gritty. The end of every episode this season has felt like when you come out of the cinema and it's still daylight. This season seems to have been themed blue, with a lot of dark blues, meaning that from episode to episode it feels very largely similar. And for a series where almost every episode is a brand new story, it all starts to feel a bit boring to look at and samey. There have been some real highlights along the way, like Night Terrors and the Christmas special. But for the love of God, will someone please put a pound in the meter and turn the lights back on? (laughs) Put a pound in the meter. Oh, my God. I remember having a meter. (laughs) Like, if you wanted to, like, the electricity would turn off. And so, you only had electricity on when you were home. Um, So, like, you wouldn't be able to charge your iPad while you're at work. Uh, Not that there was such a thing as an iPad when I lived in England in the 90s. Um, Oh, my God. The very early 90s, too. Like, 1991. It was a very long time ago. Um, But, yeah, thank you for that, Matt. Uh, All right. Next episode, I'm going to have a look at another bunch of comments. And we'll get back into Matt's missive next week. (laughs) 